Hi, I'm glad you're here with us today. I am really excited about this message because it's going to talk about something that you need to make a decision about. How do you want your future to look? You've got to make a decision. Why don't you have more money? You need to ask that question today. It is a powerful word that will help you today that will lift your mind to a new place. You have to decide why you don't have more money. Now, this is not a sermon designed to in any way do anything but help you lift you. But if you have the courage to sift through this message, I promise it will help you because it will help you cut a new path in your life. And that's what this year is all about, cutting a new path for you and cutting a new path for your family. So sit back, buckle up, get ready for a great journey as we talk about why don't you have more money in your life? It's going to be really great. Stay there. Make some decisions when you hear this message. Enjoy. In Matthew 25, there's a story of a guy who was a good steward, two guys. And the story of one guy who was not. This is a parable about money, really. There's a rich guy, called three guys, three staff people, and said, I'm going to give you a portion, and I'm, I'm going to make these amounts up. These weren't the exact amounts. Give you $100, give you, give you $200, and I'm going to give you, well, let's try and make it better. I'm give you $100, $200, and $300. And everybody's job is to go manage this, make it grow, bring back a profit. That is a story that has been amazing for me for years. It's called The Parable of Talents. It's a story about a master who wanted those that he was leading to take responsibility for what they were given and manage it. It's a story about money growth. It's not about people coming to Christ or God, none of that. The parable of talents is not about that. There are ways you can relate it, but the bottom line, this was a business deal. Can you say that with me, please? Don't say this was a business deal. Okay. If you go up in the story, my, one of my, this is my favorite chapter, by the way, in the Bible, one of my favorites, Matthew 25, the first the first. Um, it's about verse 1 through verse 13. That's the, the parable of the virgins, five wise, five foolish. And if you don't know the story, it's a story about your responsibility to prepare for your future. Five of the virgins were prepared and five were not. And, and the greatest comment in the whole story is when the foolish virgins ask the wise virgins for some of their oil to help them, and the wise virgin says, we can't. Can you say that with them? Say, we can't. That's hard to say to the people. We can't. At least there not be enough for me. It can sound selfish, but it's not selfish. It's being self-concerned. There comes a point, if you're not careful, where you can't. Sometimes people can't help you because you had time to go to Walmart to buy your own oil. <laughs> but you was home watching the basketball game. Miss Walmart, couldn't get in. Okay, there was no Walmart back then, but you get the point. And that's why they call them foolish virgins. So I love Matthew 25. And it talks about you maximizing your responsibilities, maximizing your gift, and that to me is important. It's important for you to understand that God's perspective is very clear. You have a responsibility to maximize your gifting. So today's teaching is pretty simple. 
Repeat the question with me, please. Say, why don't I have more money? Now, for some people, you're nervous because you say, oh, wait a minute now. I don't like a preacher talking about money. I understand. I'm just, hang with me. Might might help you. I'm going to give you one answer to that. One answer that I think might surprise you. The reason you don't have any money is because I, 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 it may be that you're not on fire. You're not determined to have money. It's not a passion of yours. As a matter of fact, you're discounted. Well, whatever I get, I got. And here's what I believe. When you're not on fire, it shows up. When you're not passionate, that old term, old church term, on fire for God, which means you're passionate, determined. There's a book called Grit, and it talks about the, um, the power of, I, love, I just love this book. I think it's just one of the best books, and it's a book on why some people succeed and some don't, and it's all because some have grit. It's Angela Duckworth. I've talked about this book before, Angela Duckworth, and she talks about something called willful ignorance, where some people just choose to not know things that you can, you can know. In the law, there's that rule. Could you have known this if you really were paying attention? And there are some things you can't say you didn't know because you had all the means to know. You just chose to be ignorant. But she said in her book on grit, she says, there's, there's passion and perseverance is what sets you apart. Do you have a passion for improving your finances? Are you the kind of person who perseveres to get to the place where you will have resources? And what I believe as a pastor after years of doing this is that is not a Christian attitude. Christians fight that. I didn't say a godly attitude. God didn't have a problem with it. We do. And we created a cultural environment where it's very difficult to guide us to prosperity. People get offended. They think you're trying to get their money, and most of them don't have any anyway. It's, it's hilarious to me. And, and whatever you think you have is always vulnerable. One sickness can change all of that real fast. One year without work can just change all of your dynamics. One down move in the stock market. I mean, it's amazing how we learned that years ago, that it can just all of a sudden be different in a flash. And so what I want to do is I want to show you the power of money and how it can allow us and give us an ability as a church to do amazing things for people. And that's why you really want resources for yourself and for those that you can serve. More money would allow us to touch more youth, build a brighter future for our community, do a lot of wonderful things for people. And I want to, if I can, remind you of what I said last week. Last week I talked about the importance of better money decisions, the importance, and you need to go back and listen to that sermon. It's a really powerful, simple word, but it talked about the importance of that. And I left you, I think, hanging last week. I told you I had a conversation with a banker. Do you remember that? And I told you that I'd tell you this week what that conversation was like. In that conversation with the banker, we're talking about the, um, what, it, what, what I call it show and tell. Because um, whenever you, whenever you uh, it depends on the level of, of, of relationship you have. If you're talking about millions of dollars, you know, and then, you know, you have one kind of relationship. If you're talking about 100,000 or whatever. So the relationship determines who comes to talk to you and what they say. Well, um, you know, our church has done millions of dollars over the years with banks. And so we, we have um, a lot of property and stuff. And so they came in they, and they brought what... what I call show and tell because you have to meet with them once or twice a year. And they're like, hey, Rick, let's sit down and talk, you know, and, and how are things going? 
I call it the bank dance. How are things going? Well, things are going okay. You know, <laughs> what's going on? You know, so, and then they see all your financials. And, um, and we have, a, I, I think, a very good stewardship process here. Every month our books are audited. We have our own in-house staff that audits our books every month. And, and, and we have an annual, annual, annual review so, with an audit firm. So we're pretty honest and pretty good with looking at our numbers. And so the bankers come in and they looked at it. And the first time this particular banker came, I, I gave what I call my show and tell, which is always graphs and charts and all that stuff. And then he said, he said to me, he said, um, he said, um, well, I brought my show and tell for you today. And this is our first time my other banker retired, so he brought his show and tell. And on his show and tell, he had the bank takes your net worth, all the property you own, your cash, and they, 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 they have their own little way to look at it. And he said, let me show you how we look at your finances and your, your resources. And so when they laid it out, they looked at our buildings and properties and cash, and then they said, okay, let me compare you to your peers. Everybody say peers. Okay. Which means we wanted, I think it was like 500 churches. They, it wasn't just churches. It was nonprofits. Anyone who was in a 3 to $5 million range. They said, we want to we show you your peers, and we want you to see what you look like compared to them. It's fascinating. So I said, okay, well, and, then, and, and so they said, okay, your, 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 your net worth is, uh, there, is comparable to theirs. You're, you're, maybe a little bit more even. So you own a little bit more property than your peers do. Then they said, your cash. And they said, so I'm going to make up a number just to kind of so you can see it in your head. So let's say we had 30%. That, they put in percentages, and they have 60%. And then they went down and showed all these different categories. And so he said, now, just look at these, and I want you to kind of see um, maybe some goals you can shoot for. And here's what I said. Now, I want to say this before I, before I go any further. I'm going to say something statistically that's not designed to be an excuse. Everybody say, no excuses. I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to make a point. You need to know the state of your flocks. You need to understand your money need to understand. Because for a lot of people, if they understood, they'd make different decisions. So I try to understand so that I can make decisions that help us go forward. Well, anyway, so I said to him, he said to me, he, he showed me this, and he says, so they have twice the cash, but not of the total net worth. You with me? So they don't have more buildings than you have. They don't have more land than you have, but they have more cash. And I said, and I said something, I'm going to try to code this. I'm not going to say it like I said it to him. I'm going to edit this a little bit, okay? I said I would guess that of that 530, most of them are not like me. Most of them come from another ethnic background. Now, I'm just saying that. I said just to make the point. I said now I, would, I would guess that most of them, and he said, well... Yeah, that's uh, true. And I said, and then I opened up something and I showed him something. Now, let me write this down. If you don't have it, Ricky Temple, say rickytemple.com. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read something to you. I just had it posted. It's under articles. Now, if you, if you, you can get there two ways. You can go to Ricky Temple articles. Say Ricky Temple articles. If you Google that, I found that it comes up that way. Or you can go to rickytemple.com. Click on resources and go down to articles. 
Now, here's what I do. I'm an article reader. And I read articles a lot. And so my staff post them in alphabetical order. And if you want to know what I'm reading about stuff, it's not what I believe about everything, but it's what I read. You can find all the stuff alphabetized. If you go down to income, okay? So if you go down to income, you will notice under income, there is an article. And the name of the article is amazing. I just think this is amazing. It's called The Road to Zero Wealth. That's the name of the article. There's also another one up there. There's two up there now. But I want you, I posted them because I wanted you to, to be able to read with me. That's the only reason I do this is because I want you to be able to follow me along for a second. Okay? Now hang with me. I'm going to read something to you. I want to see if you can guess this. Net worth, if you're not familiar with what that is, net worth is your income, ready, minus your, um, at what you owe, your liabilities. So let's pretend that you had $100,000 worth of stuff, clothes, house, whatever, cash, came to $100,000. But you owed $50,000. $100,000 minus $50,000 would be your net worth. So let's say, what would your net worth be if you had $100,000 in stuff and $50,000 in liabilities? What would that be called? What would your net worth be? $50,000. So let's say you had a million dollars worth of stuff and you owed you owed a million dollars in liabilities, what's your net worth? Zero. Are you with me so far? Okay, math students, you're there, right? So here's what I said to him. I said, the net worth of a church that's predominantly African-American is different. Everybody said, no excuses. I'm just making a point, okay? Just making a point. Let's see if we can guess. Now, if you heard me say this before, thou shalt not speak. But if you have not heard me and you have an opinion, what do you think the net worth of an African-American would be on average? Net worth. The net worth. What do you think it is? 25000 What else did I hear? Give me a number. 500 what? 500000 uh, You said 500. You said 500. Okay. Uh, negative. Okay, but give me a number. Give me a number. 50000 Zero. Ready? Okay. Oh, boy. It's in the article. Read it on your own. Okay, ready? And it's on, um, let's see here. It's uh, on page six. Okay, here we go. The net worth of an African-American is $1,700. If you take away all of the durable goods, the car, furniture, $1,700. Hispanics got a little bit more money, $2,000. i am not saying that this is important to know. An average person is a Caucasian, $116,000. So here's what that means. This is what I said to the banker. Here's what that would mean. That would mean this. There are capacity to give cash is challenged. There is a not, 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 let's, let's say this real quick because I don't want you to get lost. Say, this does not have to be me. Come on. Me. But I want you to hear what the average is. This is why if, you, if you're not careful, when you get up and you ask people for money and you ask them for things, you have to talk more than about, I need you to give. I need you to think with me. Do we want to be in a place where our net worth is $1,700? For the rest of my life. 
Or do I want God to step into my life and do something miraculous? Come on, church. Are you on fire with me today? Come on, amen. You want something better than that. That sounds like you're almost with me, but are you really with me? Come on, people. Come on. Are you really with me? Because if you've got $1,700 in net worth, if I ask you for $50, you're going to really think, what do you say? You get offended, you get bothered, you're uncomfortable, you can't help anybody. You, you're, you're always on the edge yourself. I wanted you to understand that. And then when I said that to him, and, here's what, and I gave him the article. Matter of fact, if you go to the website, I gave him the article in front of this, two articles up. I gave him the other article. And, I, it was, and it, it, he said, I, did, I didn't know that. But our, our assets are strong, our resources are strong, and our future is bright. And what's amazing is the per capita giving is amazing. Your per capita giving out, out and I have friends who are predominantly Caucasian churches, your, your per capita giving outstretches them by, by, I think they give $40, you give an average of $50 or so, $55 or so. So you give more per capita, but here's your challenge, special money. If I come to you and say, I need $5,000. I need five, ten of you to give me for a good cause. Name the cause. Missions, name the cause. Name it, not, not for me, not for anything else. It's for a special cause. We want to save the world, and I need 50 people to give me $5,000. And he even admitted, he said, in my church, I could get that. I can get 50 people who, without thought, might pull their pants up and say, well, pastor. That's all they need. That's just well, Pastor. <laughs> you touched my heart today. That's what we got to change in your life. That's what we have to believe for. You know, I, 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 I know there's a reason why, and I'm going to give you two reasons why. You ready? Two reasons why you don't have more. And I want you to first. Repeat these with me, please. Follow me back in your notes. Tell your neighbor, say, he's going to help us today. Come on. He's going to help us today. Here are two reasons why we don't have cash. You don't have more money. Because we don't have the right elements and the right boundaries. Can we say them, please? Come on. Say the right elements and the right boundaries. You have to have tools, knowledge, the elements. You have to know. What I just told you is information. And you decide, do I want to stay here? Or do I want my life to be different? Once I, once I inform you, then you have a way to think about it. I think it's short-sighted to get up and ask people for money and ask them to give, and you don't help them think through their life beyond you. And then you got to have, secondly, boundaries. I'm not doing this. I'm going to do that. You have, you have to have boundaries and limits and not be afraid of boundaries. There are five great elements that I think would help your life. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Let me read the verse for you. I'm sorry, verse 6. Let me read the verse to you first. Go to the ant, you sluggard. This is Proverbs 6 and 6. And, and, if, and if you're reading with me in your sermon notes, just kind of walk with me 1 through 5, and it's all there, and I'm going to read the verses in, in one, one, one time together. Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider her ways and be wise, what ha which having no captain or overseer or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you, when will you rise from your sleep? 
verse verse 10. A little sleep, read this with me, please, come on. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, and so shall your poverty come on you like a what? Prowler, like a robber, like a like a gangbanger, and you your needs like an armed man. You're gonna have needs and you're gonna be struggling all your life. Five great elements that are taught in those are what I call pieces that are in those in those verses. Number one, habits. If you are going to ever have more cash, more money, you got to have better habits. If you have the same habits, you're going to be in the same place. Can you say that with me, please? If I have the same habits, I will be, we will be, my family will be, my kids will be in the same place. Secondly, you got to have independence. He has no overseer, this aunt. I don't need you to tell me to save money. I don't need you. Look, I don't need any oversight. As a matter of fact, here's what I think is wrong for a pastor. is to act like I'm overseeing you get your giving. I like the way we do it now. 65% of our income is outside the building, and I'm not even around you. You're doing it on your own. In order for you to have more money, in order for anything to really grow, the people have to decide I, I want this for me. It's when you get a family together and the individuals in that family make a decision. We as, we as individual family members have corporately come. Did you hear what I just said? We've corporately come to a conclusion we want to clean house. It's when everybody hasn't agreed. So stay with me, please. Say habits, yes. independence. Yes. Here's a big one. Say preparation. preparation. The ant. It's preparing for the days there's not going to be food. And then there's something called timing. I love the way he says this in verse 9. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? How much time will you waste? It's, it's all about time. And then you've got to be proactive. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. If, you're not, if, you, if you, you see it, but you don't do anything, you, you know this is true, but you haven't made anything. It's, it's not until you come to the place that you say, I'm willing to do what it takes to get my life on track. And here's what I call my life lesson. You ready? Here we go. Success comes in what? Pieces. The first piece you need is what? Preparation. I've spent a lot of years working on this project. And this is a book project I've been writing for a long time. And, and it came from a question in a meeting with a publisher. And the publisher asked me one question in Oregon, sitting there at Harvest House Publishers. We'd already written one book, and they were offering me these other books to write, and they said, what are the pieces, Pastor Ray? One guy asked that question. So the first thing you want to say is success comes in pieces. The piece you need is prayer. You know, hey, you're spiritual, right? You need God. You need the Holy Ghost, whatever you come up with. No. For the last nine years, here's what I've thought about. I thought about this question. Here's what I conclude. Preparation is the piece you need. And preparation is the advanced commitment to do what it takes to get what you want. (laughs) It is the advanced decision to allot enough time, energy, and mental focus to the success you dream of in your future. Here's what I I say. You don't have any money. You're not going to ever have any more money because you're not spending any time focusing on that. 
You're not mentally focused on the things you need to be focused on. And that's why nothing will ever change. It will stay the same. That true, that's true for our church. That's true for you. I am sorry I keep talking about this closet that I've been working on. It has been weeks. Of, it has been amazing. I have hundreds of books. And I, I am about 98% finished now. So when I walk around my office at my house, I strut. You should see me like a peacock. Look at this place. Go temple. Back categories, my brethren. Organized back categories. I know where they all go. I put my hand on all the books one at a time. I climb my ladder, put it up there. References, marriage, money, finances. Oh, man, research. Ah, feels good. But you know why I wasn't organized? Because I didn't spend enough time. You know why your family's not any better? Because you're not spending any time. Listen. Listen to what I said. Listen to what I said. Preparation is the advanced commitment to do what it takes to get your marriage back on track. It's the advanced decision to allot enough time to fix your finances, to fix your health. And so you're going to allot enough energy, enough mental focus to get your kids back in line. It's, it's, it's a determination. I'm going to put the right pieces in the right places because I want this result. And I'm not just talking. I mean it. I want a healthy church with a strong financial footing. I want us to be able to do amazing things. That's what, look, you can't have what you want if you don't change. Here's what I want you to do. You ready? This is his hand signals. You got to really get your hands ready. We're going to hand signals. Come on, say, this is my life. Your hands aren't moving, people. Hands down. Ready? We're going to try it again. You ready? Come on, say, this is my life. We're talking about your life, not mine. We're talking about your future. If you're not on fire for yourself, my goodness. If you're not, if you're not ignited, if it doesn't excite you to dream, then my goodness, what is this? You come to church and you'll die here. We do funerals here. You know, you just come die. Come here on Sunday and hope, oh, yeah, that's a good word. Hope he said something. That was very inspirational. Who cares? Can I help you? Who cares that I'm inspirational? Who cares that we have a growing church? Who cares? Who cares? None of that matters. None of the numbers matter. The home numbers. The style. Listen, we had almost 5,000 for Easter. Wouldn't it make 2,500? We had 500, almost 500 more people in the building. It was amazing. And online was up. Everything was up. Yay. Thank you, Jesus. But who cares? It means zero. See, I almost said it. I didn't say it. Churches make me sick. That's what I'm saying in my head. I didn't say it. Make me sick. I get tired. I wouldn't go to church. I would not. I was not a church person in my started this. You know that, right? You've heard me say that. I was not a church person because I didn't understand y'all. You come in here and you sing and you shout and you go home and you don't change. 
spend all your time talking like you love Jesus, but you ain't all in. You know, you're not all in. You're a 30 percenter. You're a 40 percenter. You're halfway committed. People in the, around your job don't even know you go to church. They don't even know you <laughs> read the Bible and you talk about over. You go to overcome by faith? Really? I didn't know you went to church. You know, people don't know you committed to God. You don't, your giving don't say you committed to God. Your praying don't say you committed to God. Your language, you cuss so bad when you get mad. Nobody, when you start saying those words, they don't hear Jesus at all. So, so I want you to understand, when you put all that together, and, and, okay, let's say you're one of those holy people and you don't do any of that. Because you're sitting there going, ah, oh, I'm so glad I'm not like those people Pastor Rick's talking about. You make me even sicker. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because you're so religious and you're so holy. You know what I'm saying? All of us need to fall on our face and say, how did I let my closet get this bad? Why did it take me that long to fix this? When, when am I going to pause and admit that I'm not investing in my life? I'm so worried about what somebody else is doing. Some of you spend all day long watching, I'm going to say this in love, I don't mean any harm, what Trump did this week. Maybe you love the baby, your brother. It's fine. You know, if you look, you know, it's okay. You got Republicans here. We got, we got Democrats here. We got Independents. We got all kinds. It's all good. It's all good. I love everybody. But you can't spend your time watching news all day. The average person, every average person on the news, newscaster, makes about five million dollars a year. You watching a bunch of millionaires tell you about the world all day, and if you're not doing that, here's what you're doing: you're sitting down. On Facebook, no money in your account, broke as can be. Whoa, look at that. Oh, they at Disney World. You can't even afford to go. Look at you. What in the world? Do you understand? You, you, I don't have time to read. No, because you're on Facebook, FaceTime, you're on everything else. That's why you don't have it. You, you're never going to change your life. If you're spending hours watching television, and then what's amazing is, okay, you watch the 6.30 news, right? And then you watch the 7 o'clock news. They tell you the same thing they said at 6.30. <laughs> then you watch the 8 o'clock news. Then you watch that. Then you watch the 9 o'clock. Then 10 o'clock. Then you watch the 11 o'clock, and they close out the night. First thing in the morning, clear want to see it all over again. There you go. <laughs> Who did what? Who said what? Who's mad? I watch the news, but I put boundaries. Remember I told you you got to have, you got to have boundaries. I'm not watching that all day. That is not paying me. That's not helping me. That's not helping me touch anybody's life. I need to change my priorities. Some of us are praying for something that can't happen. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. How much time I got? I ain't got no time. I think I'm over. No, I'm there. Okay, I got to get out. I got to get out. Here we go. Five, okay, here we go. Okay. Three bad elements that, would, that we should avoid. You ready? Matt, Proverbs 24. Here's what he said in verse 30. I went by the field of the lazy man. And the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, verse 31, and there it was all overgrown with thorns. Its surfaces were was covered with needles. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well, and I looked on it and received instructions. A little sleep, come on, say it with me, come on. A little slumber, a little, uh, I'm sorry, verse 33, a little what? Sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a what? Prowler. And your need like a what? Armed man. Fold your arms. Fold your arms. 
Go with John. Look at your neighbor. Say, wow. Mm -hmm. That's how it happens. Your marriage is bad. Your money is bad. And you're just going. Here's what you want, don't want to have. Ready? Three things. A lack, of, a lack of drive and understanding. Secondly, you don't want to have a lack of personal upkeep. When God gave me, when God gives you something and you don't take care of it, your money, your job, and you don't, you're not going to sit down and even look at it, even after I finish all this teaching, you're not going to go sit down and look at it. A lack of pro, being, a lack of proactive action. You're not doing anything. You're not proactive. Don't you see the train coming? You waiting on some man to save you? Listen, girl, save yourself. Don't, 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 don't expect somebody to always be there. Why don't you have more money? You need to take, make, you need to make some new money decisions. You need to take what I'm saying and think about it. Next week, I'm going to pause and talk about mama and money. It's going to be fun, Mother's Day. But then in a couple of weeks, I'm going to come back and talk about your kids. And I'm going to ask another question. Will your kids ever have money? Somebody said, that's a good question, Pastor Rick. I wonder, will they ever? (laughs) But here's another one. Will your church, your business, ever have any? I think it's time for you to rethink this. Let's all stand. I'm done for the day. Father, I thank you for a conversation that at least gets us started. It gets us moving in a direction. This isn't a conversation designed to make anybody feel uncomfortable. It's a conversation designed to help us think through better choices. Some people in here have been good with their money. They've made good choices. They're living in a good space. But even those people need to pay attention and not take that good space for granted. And there's some that have not made good decisions. But here's the joy. Now they know. Now they know. Can you look at the preacher real quick? Why do you keep dwelling on what you didn't Why don't you think about what you now know and do it? Why don't you stop dwelling on the years you lost and think about the years you have in front of you? I wasted the last 10 years, but don't waste the next 10 talking about the last 10. I should have saved some money. Save now. Because here's the deal. The same thing that stopped you back then is still stopping you now. So, as we leave this building, every hand lifted high. Father, we come to you today, praying for you to help us clean out our closets, get our lives back on track, make different decisions, organize our minds, prepare ourselves. We need to allot enough time. We need to take the time in advance a lot enough time and energy and mental focus to get to where we need to be 
And I pray in Jesus' name, as we leave this service today, lives will be touched, decisions will be made that will last for generations. And Father, we thank you for the opportunity to work. And I pray that in this moment, people would decide, not only do I want to honor God more faithfully and be more consistent, but I want to honor myself more faithfully and be more consistent. And so I thank you in advance for touching hearts. Every hand down, every head bowed for a moment. For some of you, the issue is not money. It's about commitment to God. It all starts with you deciding what you believe. Remember, according to your faith, like I said last week, so be it unto you. Do you really serve God in your life? Are you really committed to him? With every head bowed for your privacy, I want to pray for you. If you would say, Pastor Rick, I really want you to pray for that area of my life, my spiritual life. I need a touch in that. I've not, I just, just pray for me, Pastor. What you said about walking with God and serving God is right. Just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. I'm going to pray for you. Where am I praying for you? Okay, I see one. Who else am I praying for? Two. I see anybody else. I see three. I see four. I see five, six. Anybody else? Seven. Anybody else? Who am I praying for? Who am I praying for? Anybody else? More of you? I see you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I pray for these and others who raise their hearts. I pray for those who are home today. May this be the beginning of a brand new journey. We thank you for the difference you make. We pray that as we leave today, that your word has touched their hearts. And for those who have never given their lives to Jesus, but realize I need to do that. What he said spoke to me. I pray for them today that this would be the first day of a new relationship with the living God. The first day of surrendering their lives to God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Now here's what I want you to do. Take charge of your life. Remember, whose life is this? One more. Whose life is this? Okay, well, I'm real glad you sat with us today. My name again is Pastor Ricky Temple. If you're a first timer, we're really glad you're with us. I hope the message helped you. I hope that you looked at this and thought, I need to make some decisions. He's right. This is something that I need to decide for me. No one can really change your future. No one has the power to. You are the one. It, no matter what happens to you, you come to a place where you have to make a decision, especially when it comes to your money. It is really key for your future. And not only for you, but for your kids. And that's part of the next series I'm going to talk about, your kids and money. But today, let me pray with you about what you've heard already. Father, I pray that this message has inspired them to hear a different way and grow a different way. May they leave inspired, may they leave motivated and say, I need to share and link this to a friend so somebody else can hear this, that I know need to hear this message. So I give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Ricky Temple. I've enjoyed being with you again. Feel free to email me if you have a question. Pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. I'd love to respond with you if you have a question. Watch us on all the different social media options we have available to you. They are amazing. Go to our website right below us and you can see that website. You can see all the things that we have available. It's really great. Really wonderful and inspirational. I'll see you next time right here for more studies. And again, we're headed down the road here. We're going to talk about kids and money. We're going to talk about wealth and family and money. So there's more. So get the next part of the series. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. See you next time. Bye-bye.